Hey, this is Jolie Lindholm with The Darling Fire, and you're listening to my chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Dominate. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. I always want to be part of a small rebellion. You got this, Travis. Make them wait for it. Boom. So, um, yeah, so much to talk about. I remember discovering the Rocking Horse winner. Um, it had to have been on mp3.com uh, back in the day. Um, and uh, what was it been? It had been uh, When Songbirds Sing and uh, Missing You uh, from uh, the second record. And just like falling in love with the band and your voice and then finding out you were the vocalist on Swiss Army Romance and just like being a huge fan. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. Are you originally from Florida? Actually, no, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. And uh, I guess yeah. now at this point, uh, at this point I've lived in Florida longer. <laughs> so I guess at this point I'm a Florida native <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. Did you move down to Florida when you were young or was that like for college or for college I came down and um I had some family here so basically my the rest of my family had planned to move down after and they did they did end up moving down um so I moved here when I was 17 actually by myself pretty much for school wow. and you stayed and I stayed yep <laughs> I, there, there's got to be something about Florida that makes people stay that those of us who aren't there don't get well, I the thing is, I made so many friends down here, and and a lot of them I still have, you know, that still live here, and um, I don't know, I just and I met my husband here, obviously, so um, I don't know, I just started my life here, um, grew, and uh, I didn't really feel the need to go back, although I do miss New York a lot, <laughs> certain things that's, about it. That's cool. Uh, what was growing up like? Um, well. We have kind of moved a little bit, and we moved around a little bit. Um, my parents were entrepreneurs in building and real estate, so we did move a few times when, when I was young. Um, but uh, it's, it was definitely different than down here. Um, you know, we had seasons, obviously, which I miss also. <laughs> and um, 
And, uh, you know, it was a little more laid back, I would say, I guess. You know, it's more like farmland, kind of, where I was from, Um, more spread out. What got you into music? What's your earliest musical memory? Well, I always loved music. I mean, I have a record... I actually have a cassette tape recording of myself when I... I think my mom said I was three, and I was singing a Paul and Oates song. (laughs) So... I was always singing in the house and listening to music. Um, as far as like getting into actually singing in a band, the first thing that I did was um, I was asked to sing with the Vacant Andes, which was Chris Carrava's early band, and yeah. um, just to do some backup. And that's kind of like what led to uh, being asked to sing with the Rocking Horse Winner before it had that name, actually, um, because they heard me on that tape, and then they asked me to kind of try out. And then uh, it just started from there. And then just, you know, I didn't really, it wasn't something that I necessarily set out to do or thought of doing, you know, singing in a band. It just kind of happened that way, I guess. That's cool. So what did you, what did you go down to college for? Something that I don't use, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I I initially, I went for communication and uh, journalism and because I like to write, you know. Um, so I thought I was going to be a journalist, but it didn't actually pan out that way. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah, unfortunately, Did but you? I guess I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think that's pretty common. Uh, <laughs> so you never had any other bands or any musical endeavors prior to the Rocking Horse winners and singing with the uh, Bacon Andes? No, Never. I think I, I want to say it was like, because I think I have a, I actually have a copy of a cassette that Chris gave me of um, Swiss Army Romance. And um, so the Vacant Andes had to be before that. I just, I'm not exactly sure what year that was. I don't want to give the wrong yeah. name. <laughs> so, um, uh, but not nothing before that though. And, and I actually I, have, I actually have a photo of, that one of the shows that I sang with them uh, on my Facebook somewhere. Oh wow! So, but I yeah, but I'm not sure. Somebody gave me that photo, and I, I'm not sure what year it was. Though. Yeah, uh, Causeways. That seven inch was '96, so late night, mid to late '90s. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, yeah somewhere around '96. Um, so Rocking Horse Winner, um, how'd you meet those guys? I mean, they heard you on the Vacant Andes, just kind of mutual musical friends, I guess. Yeah, they, we were, we had mutual friends. I didn't know those guys that well, uh, because they were kind of in a different circle. You know, we, we all kind of knew each other, but, um, within the scene, but, you know, later on, like, you know, we started to, our, our circle kind of spread out, but, um, 
I, they were in kind of a different circle, so I didn't know them that well. And then, yeah, um, yeah they just, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I just know that, I remember that they said that they heard me on on that recording and they asked me to try out. Um, so, But I didn't know them very well prior to that, just maybe through acquaintances. Gotcha. Uh, obviously, maybe maybe not obviously, um, I, w- I would assume the name Rocking Horse Winner was uh, just inspired by the D.H. Lawrence uh, short story. Yes, it was. How'd you guys settle on that? Um, we we had a few names we were kind of throwing around, and um, the guitar player Henry uh, brought that name um, in, and we all decided that that was a good name. <laughs> so we just kind of ran with it. And now, you know, it's strange because obviously there there's a lot of activity online about the actual story and the play, and um, so... I don't know. I I can't remember exactly how we just said. Yeah, let's let's just stick with that name. But um, yeah, yeah just and uh, you know, then it, we kind of just um, sometimes dropped off the. <laughs> so it's just Rocking Horse Winter. It's a pretty long name, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's the it's the era of long names. Your first record, uh, State of Feeling, uh, that came out. Was it Ohev Oheve Records? Yes. Yeah. Yes, Ohev. Ohev. Um, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, we actually recorded a few of the songs um, separately, and then we recorded the rest for that record. Um, and then he released it. Um, actually, a few of the songs we recorded before that album um, came out, and we kind of self-released them with these handmade um, little sleeves that uh, my husband designed, actually, <laughs> at the time. And uh, um, and so we put, we kind of gave those out, I think, at shows or something, and then we, and then Ohev uh, offered to release it. That's cool. Um, yeah, I was looking at their roster uh, around the same time. It kind of like Spitting and Hot Hot Heat were also on there. Uh, and they had just a, a small... Uh, Florida label, right? Just local. Oh, has? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. He was pretty. He was just a local label. Um. And then yeah, he started putting out some other bands. And um. I'm sorry, I was getting a phone call <laughs> from my drummer. Actually, he doesn't realize I'm on the no. call. I guess. Um. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, he so he started putting out more releases, and he's actually an attorney now, so he completely <laughs> changed his career. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, he was just a small local label. He was all uh, DIY, basically. That's cool. What was uh, being a part of that scene like at the time? Uh, from that first record, and even being on uh, Equal Vision, you know, there were yeah specifically that kind of emo punk indie world was not, you know, heavily populated uh, with women at the time. What was that like? Yeah, it's true. I mean, well, first of all, the scene down here was thriving at the time. I mean, we had a lot of bands coming out of here that were getting signed and just doing so well. And um, and we all kind of knew each other. And so, you know, um, people, you know, other uh, members of other bands would kind of, 
join us for a little bit, and then, you know, it was just kind of like everybody was friends, and we all knew each other kind of thing. And it was just a really awesome time um, for music down here. And uh, as far as, like, the scene in general, yeah, there weren't a lot of female-fronted bands. We did play a lot of shows with, like, because we were on EBR, we did play a lot of shows with, like, hardcore bands. And we would be mm-hmm. kind of like the odd man out. <laughs> um, but I guess at the time it was like, that was kind of a thing. It was kind of cool to have shows that had different, I mean, obviously I, I love hardcore. I mean, that I came from New York and I would go to hardcore shows there, New York hardcore, you know, that's kind of some yeah. of my background. So, um, so it was just kind of odd to play a show with heavy bands all the time, you know? Um, yeah. But it was cool. I think that was just the thing at the time. It was like people that would go to those shows would also enjoy music like ours sometimes, you know. But, yeah, there weren't a lot of uh, female. I'm I'm trying to even think of some, you know, obviously Pogo was around before we were. Um, yeah. But there weren't a lot of, like, female-fronted bands down here. So, um, mm. but it didn't feel strange to me. I wasn't, like, intimidated by anything. It wasn't like that, you know. Um I didn't really think about it, I guess, too much. That's cool. How did you guys get hooked up with Equal Vision? Um, I think we submitted something to them. I can't, it's, it's strange, but I can't remember, like, the exact sequence of events, but I think we must have submitted our first album to them to see what they would think, and um, they had some other, like, kind of similar music at the time um, that they'd released, and... Um, they just they they were really excited about it. So when we sent them the first couple of tracks that we recorded for um, Horizon, they were they loved it, um, and uh, they were great to work with. You know, we just um, felt kind of a little bit odd, like like they weren't sure what to do with us because we were softer compared to a lot of the bands that were actively on the label at the time. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I believe we just submitted them our first album to see what they would think and they liked it and they they were interested in doing something with us so that's cool uh what brought rocking horse winter to an end well um (laughs) honestly we had a pretty shitty tour (laughs) at the end there (laughs) we had a pretty shitty tour and and there was a little bit of bickering if i'm going to be honest going on at the time and um just we i think we were just putting a lot of pressure on ourselves to do something great and and we you know we're pretty exhausted i think by the end and then we had to play south by southwest so we kind of had to drag ourselves to that show <laughs> yeah and um and fly there in one day just pull that off and then come back you know after we were already completely drained and um i think it was just that kind of you know, the pressure that we put on ourselves um, just kind of did us in. That's my personal yeah. opinion, I guess. When my world
And then I, I remember around the time uh, that you fronted after Rocking Horse Winter, you fronted a project called Popvert, which which I think is pretty unknown. And I don't I don't know if I've ever heard any tracks from Popvert. Uh, how'd that come about? Yeah, so that was um, actually the a guy that was kind of managing Rocking Horse um, was friends with Jose. Um, he worked at MTV and um, in Miami, and so they were kind of looking for a new singer for their project, and they asked me if I would be interested, and they sent me some songs, and I thought it would be cool. It's, it was kind of like a new wave-ish kind of style, you know? Um, okay. And so uh, I went down there, and I, I started just kind of recording songs with them, and it was a lot of fun. I mean, they're awesome guys. Um, the drummer actually was Shakira's drummer. And um, <laughs> just really, yeah, yeah. And just they were just really talented guys. Um, and we would record at Jose's house, actually. had an, uh, He has a studio in his house, a detached uh, space that's, you know, where he records other bands also. And so, um, yeah, we were just, we just started doing that. And then we, we recorded two small albums, you know, I guess EPs. And, uh, but we always considered it kind of a project. You know, we did play a few shows here and there and we played a couple in New York. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was, it wasn't like a, a full on, you know, everybody had their own thing going on. So it wasn't like a full on band. It was more of like a project. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I yeah I don't think I think maybe one of the EPs is like the first one is on Spotify, but the other one isn't there anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess because we didn't really push it out too much, it's not really very known. So were there any musical projects that you did between Popvert and uh, the Darling Fire? I, none that I fronted. I would just okay. um, basically do backup with friends here and there. And, um, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. It's just that I, for some reason I didn't really have the drive to, like, start something on my own where I was fronting at the, during that time. Um, so I would just do whatever whatever would come up. Um, whatever was offered to me by friends I would contribute to, which was a lot of fun. I mean, they're all talented, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so nothing nothing like a full-on band for me, which I guess is, is quite a stretch. <laughs> it's quite a long time that I, that I didn't, so. So you got this new project, The Darling Fire, uh, with members of Rocking Horse Winter, Steve Kleiseth from further seems forever and strong arm and a billion other bands um he's actually been on the show too so you can yeah he wanted me to tell you hello yeah yeah he says hello (laughs) Uh, um how did how did this project come about 
Okay, so this, so the Darling Fire basically, you know, as you may or may not know, uh, Geronimo, the bass player for Rocking Horse, and I are married. So, um, and we've been married for quite a while. We've been together since that time, actually. Um, so we, uh, basically, I, I told him, you know, I wanted to learn guitar. It was, I didn't want to have to rely on anybody anymore to write songs for me to sing over. I really wanted to learn how to play. Um, so when I started doing that, it kind of revived his desire to write, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. for the first time, he started writing songs. And um, and we kind of, like, collaborated a little bit. And then we just we finally learned how to record them, which we never sat down and, and tried to learn a program to record. So we started to do that, and we started to write songs. And one of the – actually, the second song that we wrote is one of the ones that made it to this album, which is pretty cool. Um, yep. And we, and so, um, we realized, I guess, you know, this is the thing. Like, we really should keep writing these songs. We just had so many ideas and it just, it just started to develop into something really cool. And, and then we basically sent that second song that we wrote, um, to Steve, drummer. And, um, and he could see the potential in it and he got excited, you know, and he said that he wanted to, he was definitely interested in, um, trying, you know, in playing drums with us. Um, so then we realized, well, now we need more members. We need, you know, and at first, actually, Geronimo was writing the songs on guitar, but he had intended to be the bassist for the band um, yeah. initially. Um, but then he got so attached to them that he decided to that he wanted to um, play guitar. So. And, you know, there were a lot of second guitar parts, leads and everything. So we realized we needed a guitar player. So we we actually had made a, a recent friend that knew of Rocking Horse. And um, we asked him if he would like to play, and he's extremely talented also. Um, so we brought him in, and then Steve said, I, I know this guy for a long time, and he's an awesome bass player. So if John wants to play guitar... Um, he would probably love to play bass, and that's when we pulled Greg in, and he is a, a phenomenal bass player. Um, so that's basically, it just kind of like took on a life of its own in such a short time, it was insane. I mean, we if you had asked me a year ago if I knew that I would even be doing this at all, I would have, I would never believe you. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's just crazy how, how it developed so fast um, over the past year, and it all started probably, I would say, in February. Is when we first wow. wrote our first song. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and we basically, all these guys that we brought in, they're like family now at this point, and uh, we just, uh, we're so happy that we're, we have, you know, we're so lucky to have brought them into this project because they made the songs even better. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's just a, it's crazy. a crazy whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like a fun full circle thing where you, know, totally. you sang background with Chris and Steve was in further with Chris and it's just Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, in fact Steve actually filled in on one of our shows um a long time ago with uh, Rocking Horse when our drummer couldn't go. And um yeah, he filled in at one point also. So, um, cool. and I've known, we've known Steve forever. I mean, we've known him also forever. Yeah. So. How'd you guys get signed to uh, Spartan? Okay. So that was also interesting because 
first, that was one of these things where we didn't even have music. We didn't. We hadn't even played a show. Um, we just oh, had wow. the demos that we recorded. Yeah. So we we only had the demos, and the demos. You know, if you listen to the first demo, you can definitely tell the difference because we we were learning more and more about the program and recording at home. You know, um, mm-hmm. so the quality was getting better and better. Um, but we uh, basically um, Steve knew. Spartan. He knew um, John Fraser from Spartan uh, through other uh, past experiences, and um, and I think uh, and uh, basically I think he just started to develop an interest because he knew of our past bands. He knew further, and he knew Rocking Horse, and he thought it would be a cool collaboration us together. Um, so he was intrigued. So we sent him. You know, he I think he contacted Steve, and we sent him a couple of demos. And he said that, and it took him a little bit to get back to us, so we weren't sure, you know, what he thought. And then um, when he did get back to us, he said he'd be interested in releasing it, which was crazy because we only had demos. We had nothing. We had nothing at all. Um, so, and that was, before, like I said, before our first show. So right. um, so that just was completely surprising. And John's awesome. We're, we're really happy that we signed with him. Um, he's been great to work with so far. That's cool. That's cool. Were you guys already planning to go record with uh, Jay, or uh, was that something Spartan helped uh, collaborate and set up? No, actually, we had already decided that we were going to do that ourselves. Yeah. And um, so we we picked him because we felt like he has the he has the right idea for the kind of sound that we wanted, mm-hmm. and um, based on things that his own bands and based on things that he recorded. And, you know, we wanted to get the certain sound out of the guitars and everything, and and he he blew it out of the water, what we intended to do. It's just amazing yeah. how they came out. So, um, yeah, so we had already decided that before, and then we told John that we had planned to do that, and he he was excited about that also. So. That's cool. Yeah, so you guys just finished recording your debut with Jay Robbins. Uh, I mean, literally, like, earlier this week yeah uh, that's crazy did i see online uh you guys uh did all the tracking in five days five days yep that's cool five days it's a blur that's, yeah yeah he's he's just he's he's a genius i mean he has an ear so so yeah. it's like very fast and we're also you know kind of veterans all of us in the in you know, so in this, so we've recorded before, and we know. So it's like we were able to just kind of like uh, get on the same level with him, so that we could blow through it as fast as possible while getting the, the right sounds and you know, um, not sacrificing anything. You know, we were able to work yeah. quickly together. That's awesome. Uh, How did you guys come up with the name, the Darling Fire? So. I think originally Geronimo and I were thought that the name The Darling would be cool or just Darling, and that's what our mm-hmm. initial intention was, but then we found out that there were other bands with that name or, you know, whatever. So we then I can't remember if it was he or I. I don't know. We, we don't, we're not sure who said it, but one of us <laughs> came up with that name, and then we just thought it would be cool. And then we presented it to the other guys, and they thought it was awesome too, so we just went with it. The thing about it, too, is that, you know, it wasn't intended this way, but we were thinking, you know, uh, female vocals that are kind of like soft over heavy music, it just fits that name, you know? 
All right. I, I'll ask this uh, only because you just posted it on Instagram <laughs> before we uh, got on uh, got on the call. Um, uh, you 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 posted that these songs uh, kind of more meaningful uh, to you. Uh, would you mind talking about the lyrical inspiration for the new stuff, or I don't know if it's too soon before the record comes out? No, no, that's fine. Um, no, I yeah, I mean, first of all, the I'm compo- because it's been so long since I've actually had you know fronted a band before and. Um, you know, I, ha- I didn't. I feel like when at that time I was, it was kind of like everything was so fast, and I was young, and I didn't really soak it up like I am now. So now everything that happens, I get, you know, everything that happens with this band is just like mind blowing to me. You know, at this point of my life. So basically, with the lyrics, um, you know, there's some social commentary in there, and just like, you know, a lot of things struggle that we went through within the past year or a little mm-hmm. over a year now. Um, some things that happened to Jerome and I, which I don't you don't really need me to elaborate on, but um some things that we went through kind of helped to spark this whole project. You know, like uh, you mm-hmm. know, what are we waiting for? Like why why not just do this, you know? Just do this and see what happens with it, you know. Um so writing the songs there were plenty of times when I got emotional, to be honest. Because it was like yeah. I just this was probably the first time in my life that I actually wrote from my heart completely. Whereas before I didn't really, it was like I was young and I didn't really experience as much as I have now, you know? And I also didn't really, uh, let myself do that, you know? So, but with this, with these songs, I definitely poured everything into them. So when you're in the studio recording with Jay Robbins songs that you made, <laughs> over just like a short period of time and you, and it hits you like this is insane you know it's yeah. crazy how did how did I even get here you know so yeah of course it, it hit me at one point and I had to take a moment <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah so I mean lyrically the, the songs there's some social commentary and just some things that I am interested in you know myself and um you know just and then some personal things are in there also definitely Cool. Cool. So, so what's the future hold? You got this brand new band. What's the future hold? Uh, the sky's the limit. I have no idea at this point. Everything that's happened so far is shocking. So, um, we just, all I know is that all of us are all in on this. We, we want to really do this full time, you know, if we can. So, um, we plan to, you know, as of now, we just have four shows that are in Florida from the 31st yeah. to the 2nd. And then after that, we're kind of open to whatever comes up. Um, we'd like to do some more touring and, um, the album. Actually, I think the, as long as it's ready in time, I think by March, we're going to release a single and then maybe one or two more after that leading up to the album. And then the album will be released, um, in the summer. So, um, we plan cool. to definitely do tour support, you know, for the album and. That's, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> well, uh, Jolie, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with me today. I appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for thank you for asking. <laughs> I hate the wind 
winter in Lexington. I hate the winter in Lexington. 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 Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our theme song was written and composed by the legendary Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe on iTunes and give the show a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, click on the Patreon link at asthestorygrows.com. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never thought